0: This is the podcast where you come alive to your own exclusive magic and find strategies to work that magic in the real world in a way that feels authentic and exciting and inspired and lucrative (laughs) and fun. I'm your coach, Bethany Shipley, and this is The Bethany Shipley Show. grateful to have the one and only Dr. Edie Wadsworth in the house on our podcast in the virtual studio. You guys, Dr. Edie is the most incredible human and I'm so excited that you get to learn from her today and that I get to learn from her today. I have a full long list of questions that she does not know any of them yet, but I will tell you that um, she, before we get started in that, I want to tell you she is the author of a best-selling book, A Memoir, all the pretty things. She has a coaching program called Life Mentoring School, where she has had around or over 3,500 women who are so just transforming in their life. And we're going to talk more about that and how she's facilitating that. She's also a mom of nine (laughs) and a Grammy to two. She's an adoptive mom. And She is just one of those people who, when you get around her, you start smiling and you're not exactly sure why. So Dr. Edie, thank you so much for being here today.
1: I'm so grateful to be here, Bethany. I love you so much. I love how you show up in the world. We've gotten to meet each other in person several times. I remember one time in Canada, we were together in a little prayer circle and you are just a powerhouse and I'm so grateful to be here. So thank you.
0: Oh, thank you so much. And I, I mean, I feel so grateful to you. I joined your coaching program in January of this year, and I am one of those people who's on the replay pretty much all the time, (laughs) but it has been lots of those. Yes, but it has been so transformative for me in just, um, literally every area. So I'm so excited to talk about that. So my first question for you is uh, kind of broad, but it's one of my favorites. What is life about for you?
1: Mm, What a great question. I think in different seasons of my life, it's been, you know, different, maybe a slightly different focus. But I will say this. I really try to get at what matters and I try to sort of major in what really matters and let 90% of the rest of it go and what really matters to me is my family and my faith um, And how I show up for myself in my own life Um, And I try to really stay grounded in those things Um, I think in the last few years What I realized is that I was prioritizing, you know Um, everything except myself. So in the last couple of years, I've really had to concentrate on my own health and uh, my own growth. But what I've noticed is that as I have done that, then I've been able to contribute in better, bigger, more loving ways to my family and to the women that I serve in my programs. So um, yeah, I would say, I would say that's I try to do what really matters. And I think that's not as easy as we think, you guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so true. I love that. So you said something just now about impact or loving those around you. What is, your, what is your philosophy on, you know, we hear people talk about like, oh, our greatest impact or our, you know, making your best impact. You're showing up in the world. And in the past, I used to kind of have a scale where I thought, well, this person up here is making their greatest impact. And then this person down here isn't. Um, And through the last year or two, maybe I've been searching for a personal philosophy on that, that I align with more. What is yours?
1: Yeah, this is a really interesting question too, because this is basically what my whole program is about. I think God created us to live as our true selves in alignment with how he made us. And if I can foster that in myself And in my family, in my children, in the people who I can have some impact over and help them. I mean, basically, mentorship is helping people do that, helping people live as their true self. And when I say that, I mean a very specific thing. I think God created us for love, from love, to love, by love. And, um, I don't think we've ever lived in a, in a world that was more divided and more not living from the love that God created us for. And so, um, I think for me, that's how I feel like I'm, I have my greatest impact is can I live from that place? Cause it's very challenging to do that because we want to live from fear and ego and we want to compare ourselves to everyone else. Instead of really living from a place of love and joy and gratitude and service, and the more I can figure out how to do that in my life and the more I can pour that into the people that I'm around, um, I feel like like that's the point Mm. of us being here is to learn how to live
0: in the way he made us. Have you ever been confused about how many people making a reflection between how many people were in your coaching program or how many people were following you or how many people were watching with you making your greatest impact?
1: Not really, because I will tell you without a doubt that when I feel the most fulfilled is when I realize I've done that to the people closest to me. When mm-hmm. my husband says, like, ah, oh, like I've been watching what you're doing or, you know, how you're living your life, the last whatever, and it impacted me or my children say that, or I learn how to show up despite sometimes really difficult circumstances, being an adoptive mom, you know, mm-hmm. with a child with trauma. And I learn how to, I, I learn in, it, in deeper and deeper ways what it really means to be loved and show love. And of course, I love doing that in my coaching program, but I just will tell you that nothing compares to when I can see the impact in my own kids Mm. or in the closest relationships to me, because I think a lot of times, otherwise what we chase, I mean, and I, we all have this temptation to chase it is we chase that like bigger impact because we think, Oh, that's, that's going to mean I'm really having an impact if there's this many people or whatever, but then we lose the real impact we want to make to the people that matter most Mm -hmm. to the people who live with us and see us every day. And we can't fake it around them. You know, there's nobody who knows you like your kids know you. That's Mm -hmm. how, that's who I want to show up for with my most meaningful impact.
0: That, that is so telling to how, how you're even able to show up in the way that you do. Have there ever been times in your career, with the, with specifically with your coaching program, that you wondered if the coaching program was like you had a temptation to believe that, oh, I'm being brought away from my family in order to serve the masses? I mean, I think here's
1: what happened to me. I think God protected me because I am an overworker. I am and you probably got some of this in you too. I can tell by your personality. I'm a hustler. Like I will grind it out, you I know, enjoy like it. if I I would say I enjoy it too. Yeah. But here's what happened. The month I started my coaching program, we got custody of our little guy. Mm. And it was just never an option. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I know What I'm doing in my afternoons I'm rock hiking with him I'm trying to fetch him off the paddleboard In his school uniform (laughs) Like I had such clear boundaries For like Here's when I can do this thing And here's when I can't And I think it protected me In a lot of ways Um, And now, honestly I work mostly three days a week Mm -hmm. Um, I keep my grandbabies Mm -hmm. One day a week (laughs) I take most Fridays off so I feel like it was just God's protection because my natural tendency is just to hustle and overwork and grind it out. But I think from the beginning, there were like these boundaries, these bumper pads, like, okay, do yeah. what you can, girl, in this window. Now, does that mean that sometimes, for sure, even with my Young Living business, my husband knows end of the month, you know, it might be a crazy couple of days. He knows when I'm in a launch. Like, I just give myself extra grace during those times. So I don't beat myself up like this Friday I'm working for a few hours. I don't beat myself up for that because I honor what I say I really want for my life most of the time. So then when I do need to have a few days of grinding it out or, you know, writing more emails or doing whatever, I don't beat myself up for it. But, um, I think that having that has really helped me. I think sometimes We look at the things that limit us like, oh my gosh, I could be doing this, but I've got three little kids at home. I could be like, we look at those limitations like they're true limitations. But sometimes I think those limitations lead us into our best work because you're, Mm -hmm. because I can tell you that I get more quality work done in a shorter amount of time than I ever have because this is the time I have, Yeah, right? We can fill the
0: time. To infinity, I could. (laughs) For sure. And, and it, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about time, time lately, and kind of what are my beliefs about time. And it makes a lot of sense that when we see something as precious, we honor it. And so that I definitely align with what you're saying. It's pre time is so exciting because it's so, um, it's a rule that we kind of have to live in at this, you know, in this earthly body. So I love that. Yeah, and I think too like one of the
1: things that I've noticed um we've had a crazy season the last 6 months just a lot of travel and stuff going on with our family and you know stuff with my business and although I haven't been physically overworking I think the um uh, mental and emotional capacity mm-hmm. that I have to like hold all the things that I'm trying to hold I think my body has been struggling so you know, I'm entering a season where I really need to prioritize more rest and nutrition. And mm-hmm. I've had a couple health things. And I really listen to that. And I go, okay, yeah. like you need to slow down a little, you know, and honor that. And again, my mind wants to go, no, I can't do that because, you know, I got to, I have all these ideas of things that I want to do for my business. I don't have time to slow down. But then yeah. there's part of me that goes, no, that's another limitation limitation in air quotes that maybe is going to lead you to your best, most powerful work. And when I reframe it that way for myself, it kind of makes me excited about Mm. what the limitations are instead of letting the limitations, write some story about what I can or can't do. Right. Mm, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's so good. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for that. That was a gift for me. Um, when you launched your coaching program, so kind of your your journey, which I know a little bit, I'll kind of give the bullet points. You can tell me if I miss anything. Medical doctor turned health yeah. guru turned into, I feel yep. so good now I'm ready to coach and coaching program. Yep. Um, I love that so much. When you launched your coaching program, did you have the fear that I'm guessing probably everyone who's ever launched a coaching program had? which is what if no one joins and how did you get over that fear? I didn't have the fear that no one would join because my story was that I had been
1: building an online community for a long time before I launched it. So I launched it in 2019 and I started my online community in 2008.
0: So Mm. I had been
1: 11 years giving value, showing up consistently. So I knew people would join Here's my fear was will enough people join because my program is a low ticket program, yeah. meaning it the it gives people access to amazing tools and an amazing community at a, at like an affordable price. Like if you were going to hire a life coach, it might be thousands of dollars. Well, you can join our program for a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. And. So my fear was, will there be enough people that join that it will be sustainable? Mm -hmm. You know, like I want to be able to offer something at a lower price point than what I've been paying to get coached and to get help and to get these tools. But I also had a little bit of like, you know, do I have the capacity to grow something Mm -hmm. that is sustainable Mm -hmm. and, um, I didn't live in that fear very much. A lot of times when I have fears like that, I just kind of go, okay, well, what if it doesn't? Mm -hmm. Like what after, what about after a year? If you're like, yeah, it's not, then I knew that I just, I'll figure, I'll figure it out. I always figure it out. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't let the fear stop me, but I do remember having some like, is this going to be something that is sustainable? So when I Mm -hmm. started it, I just invited 20 people to do the program with me, the program that you know now as Life Mentoring School. I started with 20 women. Mm -hmm. They each paid $1,000 to spend eight weeks with me, and I coached them through how I overcame my past and made myself more resilient mentally and emotionally and how I learned how to set goals and really create the life I wanted. Mm -hmm. And so I took 20 women through it directly with me. All the calls were with me. There was no you know, nothing like you see now in life mentoring school. And it was such powerful transformation, both for me and for them that I'm like, yeah, I got to make this available mm-hmm. to more people. So yeah. that, and after that we launched the membership.
0: Yep. Wow. Well, and when I joined, so you, I joined in 2023, the beginning. So you had been, now this is your fourth year, right? Third or fourth year. Yeah. And yep. it's incredible to see, um, how many people are volunteering to raise their hand and get coached. And I mean, a few, a few logistical things. Of course, a lot of these women are probably moms. And so they're trying to find a time where they can raise their hand, where they're not going to be interrupted or something like that. Um, also the courage side where there's so many, you know, people watching them in a really vulnerable moment. So maybe you didn't have the fear of, um, nobody, nobody joining the program, but have there ever been times where nobody raised their hand and you had to navigate, how do I make sure everyone knows this is really valuable? Although there's no one in line. How did you go through that mentally for yourself? Yeah. I think
1: to be honest, I am always so open and vulnerable with my community about my own story, my own struggles. And I think when you're living as your true self, your authentic self, and you're willing to go first, and you're willing to be, be vulnerable, and just be real with people, it, it makes a pathway mm-hmm. for other people to go, I want that too. Like, I want to be able to share something that feels vulnerable. So I, we really have never struggled with that in this program awesome. from the beginning. People would raise their hand. But I think part of it is because they knew it was a safe space because I might start the call by, you know, I'd half the time be in tears saying this is what I'm working through. This is what I'm struggling Mm. with. And this is how I'm navigating that. And I think it made a space for people to go. I think that's what attracts people, honestly, so powerfully to our program is that there's hardly anywhere else in life where you can safely Say things that our people say on calls like, mm. I'm struggling in my marriage, I'm struggling with this child. We've had people come on and go, I don't even like my child right now. Yeah, and there's always so much shame that we attach to anytime we feel like we're not showing up as ourselves, and that shame will keep us hiding. So, one mm. of my sort of core teachings is we have to remove that layer of shame Mm. because then we can get at what's really the issue. And if we shame ourselves and we shame other people, which the faith-based community can often do, then we can't get at the real issues. And it was, it's been a struggle in my own life to unattach myself from the shame enough to be able to like, be honest with myself and get the help I needed and all of that. I mean, even what I've been struggling with lately, because I'm the health guru, right? Like Mm. I'm the natural health guru and I've been struggling in my health. Well, it doesn't mean I'll never struggle in my health. It means that I have a lot of tools that I can use to help myself. And sometimes when you're someone sharing online, you feel like you've got to have it all figured out (laughs) and you've got to present this like perfect picture of something And that's not what people resonate with. They resonate with your struggle. They resonate with like, oh, she's struggling in this way and, and just figuring it out and Mm. being honest and real about it. And, um, there's, you know, there's enough fakeness, there's enough of the other stuff in the world. And I think true transformation comes when we can unhinge the shame long enough to get at what the real issue is. Mm.
0: You, I mean, you do that so well. You, I, I wrote this down on my questions. You have, it seems like when I look at you, you just seem like you have this perfect, you have a perfect, um, I, I know you're not perfect, so I don't want to paint this picture wrong, but you have, you have your ish together. <laughs> it's what I, I wrote I, down a different, love it. but I, yeah. Uh, w- when I look at you, I'm like, man, you have this just beautiful beautiful energy i feel that your home is in order i feel that you have good relationships it's easy for me to think that you know everything so i could join your coaching program and you could help me know everything but how do you as a human being well knowing what what's going wrong <laughs> Not what's going wrong, but how do you as a human being know you don't have it all together and still show up with confidence to coach women who maybe think that that's what they're going for?
1: Yeah, I think this is the key to having an impact even with your own kids. So if your kids think she's so out there and so unapproachable, that I could never tell her what I'm struggling with, then you lose your impact. Mm -hmm. And so I think it is, I think the reason, I mean, this is going to sound like a paradox, but I think the reason that I do have a lot of things together is because Mm -hmm. I've been so honest about where I still struggle or where I want to work on something or like, okay, I got, you know, I've been working on this for you know, the last six months. And I feel like that's great, but now I'm here. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, so I feel like having your stuff together. I mean, part of that is just saying, yeah, like, yeah, there's so many things I don't really have together, but I love sharing what is working in my life. And as I do that from an honest, vulnerable, loving place, loving to myself too. I mean, honestly, Part of it is just learning how to be kind to yourself in the areas that you feel like are still a struggle, right? Yeah. And then as you do that, you can be so much kinder to other people. And I think I don't necessarily... I mean, I do think there is a little bit of people going, oh, I'm sure she has it all together. But I think people who've been around me uh, long enough... Re- I mean, I, and I'll, I'll tell you, this is a perfect example. I have we had a team retreat last weekend and there's like nine or 10 people on my team, coaches and an operations person and marketing and all that. I started the meeting by saying, by just crying and Mm -hmm. saying, I'm really struggling right now Mm -hmm. and I want to be able to lead you well, Mm -hmm. but I've got to deal with some stuff that I got to deal with. And I want you to lead this weekend in this meeting because I know you're so capable of doing it. And I honestly feel like the best leaders equip other people to lead. Mm -hmm. I don't have to always have all the answers. I don't have to always figure it out because I can equip other people to lead. I can believe in them and their resourcefulness and their... um, you know the the holy spirit in them the wisdom the nurture the power that's in them so that when i'm having my weak moments which i always will i can be kind to myself mm-hmm. but i will tell you that watching my team like rise up and have all these great ideas and pray over me and pour into me it was so beautiful and i wouldn't have experienced that if i always show up as the one who has it all figured out the strong yeah. one you know, we all just still get to be human and it's just such a beautiful thing. Even that, I mean, I even find that with my kids. I find that if I'm really honest about areas where I have struggled and that I'm not some like domineering mom, who's got it all figured out and you should do it my way. I want to be really (laughs) curious about what they think and how they're seeing the world and how it's playing out for them. Like I think always being willing to be still a student, Mm. a student of other people, a learner, curious, like what does my daughter have figured out that I don't yet Mm. that I could learn from? What do my clients teach me? What does my team teach me? And Mm -hmm. I think that genuine like learner, student mentality, humility, you can't really fake that. Like I think staying in that place, no matter how many people you come to lead, I just want to stay in that place, hungry mm-hmm. for knowledge, hungry for wisdom. Um, so I think that's part of it, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that may- that's perfect. I love that so much. I Everything you say, I keep just saying, I love that so much because I do. Um, <laughs> I, I wonder, you know, for a while there, I was very... Um, outspoken about my life motto or my life goal, which was to create a life I didn't need a vacation from. And I thought that meant that Mm -hmm. somewhere I would be sitting on a beach, um, creating residual income. Uh, Maybe, you know, I have people I love around me. And this is just the life where I am working if I want to. And over the last year, I've had, such a heart change around, first of all, realizing it's an inside job, which your program is a large c- contributor to that. Realizing happiness and having a life that feels like a vacation is an inside job. Um, and that the outer world yeah. doesn't Available really, to
1: us at any yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And nice. of course there you know, are extreme situations that, that maybe would, um, be exempt from this example. People who are victims yeah. truly and all that, but really the outer yes. world doesn't matter as much as I was making it matter. And so when I took that big yes. sign down off my wall and I realized, wow, I've been, I've been staring at this and I've been, you know, creating this as a far out goal, realizing it's available to me now. The journey for me was realizing that when i am working for an experience that feels a long way away so if i do this i will have xyz experience Re- instead of prioritizing the experience i'm having in any given moment that's where yes the shift takes and i'm wondering yes. for you how have you navigated setting goals that are far away that have yeah. to be achieved far in the future. Maybe money goals that are going to take some time or, you know, fitness goals or whatever that are actually really far away while prioritizing mm-hmm. every given moment.
1: Yeah, because I think the way I look at goals is probably so different than most people. Um Because I have a lot of people in my community who don't even like the word goals. So I (laughs) sometimes will say focus or, you know, like what, but it's basically like deciding on purpose what you want your life to look like and be about and then making that a reality. And so the goal for me, and I teach this in my program too, the goal is never the goal. The goal is for you to become all that you can become, like all the potential that is inside of you. What can we use to, um, and I think our circumstances do that for us. I have had some really (laughs) difficult circumstances in my life, but I look at how they've shaped me and I'm like, oh man, I wouldn't trade that for anything. Mm. So goals are to me are like, okay, I want to be all I could be more resilient, more loving, more powerful, more nurturing, more joyful, and what can help me get there? And even more disciplined in a loving way, right? Mm -hmm. So what can help me get there? For me, setting 90-day goals helps me do that, not because the actual outcome of the goal is so important, but who I am becoming in the process. And do I... And... To, to speak to what you said, how can I... You get to your goals faster when you learn how to live in the emotional state that you think the goal will bring you. It won't <laughs> bring it to you if you don't train yourself to live in that emotional state now. And as I have trained myself to do that and live more in that emotional state of love and joy and openness and peace and like passion for what I do... As I have done that, the actual goal becomes less important because I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I already have it now. Yeah. Now I've learned how to create that internal environment mm-hmm. where every day feels like a miracle or I know how to get back to the miracle. Yeah, When the days don't feel like a miracle, I know how to get back there because I know how to look at my life and go, wow, like this day that you have right now, this chance to communicate with other beautiful people this chance to serve this chance to take a walk outside the sun came up again like i just know how to re sort of refocus um myself in a way that brings me back to that state i want to always live in Mm -hmm. and that's the point of the goal for me so um i end up creating a lot of amazing things in my life but i think it's just because I learn how to live in the state that I think they're going to bring me. Because when you say, like, I want a a life I don't need a vacation from, really what we're saying there is I don't want to need a vacation from being inside of me. Yes. And the inside of us is determined by our mindset and our emotions, right? So you Mm -hmm. think something all the time. It creates Mm -hmm. an internal emotional state that you have to live in. So most of the time, what people need a vacation from is the constant worry or stress or frustration or misery or despair. And you can learn how to create a whole different emotional state without having to have a certain job or a certain amount of money or a certain body or whatever. And the the, the sort of icing on the cake is that once you learn to create that emotional state, then it's so much easier to actually meet the goals you want to meet because you've done the, the hard, important work. first.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That again, that was so good. Don't you feel like, and I'm so excited to hear your answer to this. Don't you feel like there's a courageous step that has to happen in order to first prioritize your experience? Because we believe that if we, if we do prioritize our this moment experience, we create the internal, um, flourishing environment inside of us that already is in the place where we've, uh, you know, assuming we're in the energy of where we think we would be. Our human brain thinks, but then I'll never actually get there because we're so used to using shame or we're so used to using these low quality motivations. Have you seen it be true? that the goal still is met every time or do you see people just sit down and say i already feel good so i don't even need to i don't even need to write the book i don't even need to run the marathon i already feel this way where what have you seen happen for people
1: i think it depends on someone's personality but i think when you learn to create when you learn to create the moment you want to live in and we all think like oh that moment is going to be You know, like you said, like when I have residual income and I'm sitting on the beach and I'm sipping on a Mai Tai, that's Mm -hmm. not actually what's fulfilling to people. Like if you look at the research of what really fulfills people, it's when you're sacrificing, when you're doing something meaningful, when you're doing something challenging. And so when you learn to create that internally, more often than not, I see people just like fast track whatever external success they want. you know, to create, it's like a fast track to it, but it also matters much less. So I will tell you this, that when I, on Wednesdays, when I'm not working and I'm with my grandbabies and I'm singing, I may never march in the infantry (laughs) with my little two-year-old grandson, like there's, there's no other, yeah, exactly. There's no other moment for me that feels higher than that. Mm. Like it's so fulfilling to me. And like so I can, I mean, and I'll just tell you this. I was just in Grand Cayman mm. on an amazing luxury vacation. And that's not what does it for me. Yeah. Like it's not. So, when I can have a meaningful conversation with my husband or I can watch my son, you know, like a magical moment in his life when he really learned something or I can be dancing and singing a song with my grandbaby. Like that's, that's it. And all the other stuff feels like it just doesn't matter as much. Mm. Although I, I mean, I, I would have the availability to do that whenever I wanted to, we've had amazing success, but It doesn't have the same... It's just never going to give you the same amount of fulfillment and meaning and purpose as learning how to create for yourself internally. And you Mm -hmm. asked this question. You said, what is that courageous thing people have to do in order to get there? I'll tell you. It's to stop being a victim. Mm -hmm. It's to see your life as the incredible, amazing miracle every day that it is. Mm -hmm. And... That is hard because some people are real victims. I was a real victim. But asking yourself, do I want to stay there or do I want to go on and create something so meaningful and purposeful in my life? And am I willing to do the real work that's required to do it?
0: Mm.
1: And that is what I love leading people through. Because in my own life, it's what I've found. Because I've had all the external success, Mm -hmm. all of it that you can have. Everything that I ever dreamed of when I was, for those who have read my memoir, when I was growing up poor in Appalachia in alcoholism and drug abuse and not enough food sometimes and difficult circumstances, if you would have told me that a fourth, a tenth of what has happened to me in my life was going to happen, I wouldn't have believed you. Every dream I've had has come true. And still, the moments that mean the most are the ones that um, are just the ones that I talked about. Where it's like connecting with people, um, doing something that felt challenging, that felt like, oh, I'll never change that. And then watching yourself do it. Like really taking responsibility, which really just means your ability to respond to your life. And for a long time, I lived as a victim. I lived as a victim to my past. I lived as a victim to what I thought was my crazy ADHD brain. I'm never going to be able to do things like normal people would do them. I just lived as a victim. And when I decided, like, I don't want to do that anymore, I want to take control of how I experience every single thing in my life. And when I learned how to do that, everything changed. It doesn't mean that I still don't have hard days or hard circumstances. I just know how to get myself back. To that place of full commitment, responsibility, connection, really creating what I want to create in my life. And that has allowed me to contribute my gifts in such a full, robust way.
0: Oh, that's so good. I love, I, I'm so grateful you're sharing all this. So this podcast is all about people who are working in their magic and people who are living in what I see and believe they are born to do. And of course we know that first comes, like you said, from how we, we, how we live our true self coming from that place first, who we are as a being, and then radiating that out into what we're doing. Um, what do you think separates someone from any other job to what they were born to do? I don't
1: have the idea that someone is just born to do one thing. Mm Mm-hmm. That is not how I understand, like, calling or vocation. I think we have lots of callings. You're a mom, you're a wife, you're a friend, you're a daughter, you're maybe a coach, you're a business owner or whatever. And I think the real magic is, um, because I, I do think that we are called to love. That's our main calling. You're called to love, love God, love your neighbor. And you can do that in any capacity. If you gave me a part-time job at the Lowe's garden center today. I would enjoy the heck out of that. Yes. I would probably life coach some people along the way, Mm. but I have learned to create something internally within myself that allows me to just create the experience I want to create no matter what I'm doing. So in five years, am I going to be doing exactly the same thing I'm doing? I don't know. But I will tell you that as I get better at contributing my gifts, I don't, I don't, I'm open to wherever that takes me. And I don't think it's ever one thing. Now, if you would have told me, like, okay, you're going to spend 13 years getting a degree, and then you're only going to practice medicine for 10 years, I would have thought that was kind of crazy to spend that much time and money. But what I realize is that it's all just preparing me for the next version of myself the next okay let's clear away a little more clutter and see like so I feel like this idea that we just are one thing or that it's I used to think of it like where's Waldo like I'm looking for my calling and I can't find it because it's one specific thing I don't believe that and I think that wherever you are whatever doors open up for you Get the tools that help you live as your best self, no matter where you are. And when you do that, it, it doesn't feel like it so hinges on like, oh, I want to do this particular thing. Now, hmm. as far as coaching in particular, listen, it's booming. And you know why? Because people are hurting mm-hmm. and they want help. People want to feel better. They want to feel less miserable. They want tools that get, help them feel empowered in their own life. I don't think this is going away. I don't think it's diminishing. Nobody would ever say we need less therapists in the world. Mm -hmm. We need all the coaches. So Mm -hmm. if you feel called to that, yes, do that. But I also don't think there's anything super magical about that. I think the guy who came to fix my plumbing last week is every bit living in his full potential and calling as what I'm doing And listen, I've never met a plumber more joyful, more purposeful in what he was doing. Like watching him work was, I told my husband, I said, we need to get that, keep that guy. Like he was Mm -hmm. insanely good the way he talked, the way you could tell he cared about what he did. So we can do that in any profession, in any job. So don't tell yourself like, oh, I'll be fully living in my calling when I'm doing that. No, Mm. you can fully live in it right now doing what you're doing in this season of life, no matter what the season looks like, because when you do it with purpose and meaning, it has purpose and meaning. And so I just don't buy into that. Like, Oh, I was born to do one thing or like called to do one thing. So I think we need all the coaches, but we need all the other things too. like, go be the best electrician you can Mm -hmm. be. And I love that. I love the variety that God has made in the world and how our gifts are so different. And I'm so thankful that I didn't get stuck thinking, well, just because I trained to do this, to be a Mm -hmm. family doctor, then I always have to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think just being willing to say like, wherever I am, here's the other thing that's really key. If our, if our, if the main job of us is to love God and love our neighbor, which I believe as a Christian for me, that is how I see the world. There's never an, there's never a shortage of neighbors who have needs. Mm-hmm. So there's never a shortage of ways that I can use my gifts. Mm. Sometimes I get paid to do that. And sometimes I don't, because sometimes it's just part of being a good neighbor to the people in my life. And I think that is just a healthier way for me to have looked at my own journey and the journey that I see of a lot of other people where you feel, you know, called to something else, but then you're not sure I mean, if God's given you a desire, that desire is, is so important. I think sometimes we look at our dreams and our desires and we want to diminish them or we want to find all the reasons why it won't work. But he gave you that desire. Not everybody feels the desire to be a coach or to be an electrician or so whatever your desire is, listen to it, honor it, get the skills
0: you need to be good at it. So good. Uh, how can people find you? How can they get connected on your email list on instagram on coach certification wait list all those things how can they how can they find that?
1: Just one place if you go to edwadsworthcoaching.com, all this stuff is there, so we run quarterly workshops which are usually twenty seven dollars easy for people to to join those are usually for three days my main coaching program is life mentoring school and then yes we do train coaches um so all of it's available just on the main website
0: i love it thank you so much for being here i i just appreciate you so much you're such a light and you've benefited my life so much so thank you
1: thank you bethany what a joy to be with you you're amazing thank you
0: Thank you so much for listening to The Bethany Shipley Show. I hope you feel more inspired. I hope you feel more excited, more clear on what your magic is. Because you are made of magic. And so all you have to do to make the magic happen is put yourself out there. So get on out there and do your best now, you hear?